Isn't he great? That's the one that you feel in the room. That's the one that you're aware of. That's the one that's come to bless you. Amen. Let's just go to him in prayer tonight. Father, Lord, what a privilege it is for us as your children, Lord. Lord, for one more time to be gathered in your presence, Lord, and to recognize how wonderful it is, Lord Jesus, to, to be gathered with, with the bride around the world, Father, that has come to eat upon the body of the Son of Man. And Lord Jesus, you have gathered these bones, Lord Jesus, from the east and the west, Lord Jesus, and you've come to inspire them, Father, by the preaching of the word. Lord, I would ask, Lord, that you would just come, Lord Jesus, and you'd meet every single one of their needs, Lord Jesus. Lord, I know that that we as humanity, we, we can never do anything in our own except for get out of the way, Lord. But I, I remember that a prophet said that you take humanity and redeem humanity, Father. And Lord, I would ask, Lord, that you would allow the Holy Spirit to come and take control of every vessel here tonight. I pray as we open up this service tonight, Lord, that you would bind up every spirit, Father. That would try to hinder the move of God, Lord Jesus. I pray that you would have your complete liberty in this body, Father. Lord, I pray that we would see the mountain mover walk through here tonight, Lord. Take the aisles, Lord Jesus. We know that the angels are at their post of duty now, Father. Lord, we're asking that you would just come in a supernatural way and bless your children. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen and amen. Amen. God bless you. It's good to be in the house of the Lord with you. It's good to be back. And we've certainly looked under these meetings for, for quite some time and been under great anticipation. And here we are. And we're just looking unto the Lord because we know that he has a great big plan. A great big plan that is before us. And we certainly appreciate Brother Tim and, and the church for the invitation to come and to be a part of these meetings. And... Uh, and uh, it's a real honor to be speaking with Brother Wayne and my one of my best friends in life, Brother Brother Ron. And uh, if you if you've not seen a miracle lately, just take a look behind us. I don't know what else you could ask for tonight, Lord, to to raise your faith, but to see a man that I've seen day in and day out struggle to to live and to fight it. It, it gives you a tenacity to believe that all things are possible to them that believe. And I believe that the Lord is here to display his power and his majesty like never before. And we're under great anticipation. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles this evening, we'd like to look over in the book of John. John chapter 1, verse 11, then to Luke chapter 4. Certainly honored to have my wife and my children here with us this weekend and those little children know how to calm daddy right on down and maybe sometimes stir him up a little bit too so but they certainly are special they certainly are special to us amen I'd like to speak to you on a thought that the Lord has laid on our heart for this meeting Open this meeting up on anointed by accepting what Eve turned down. Anointed by accepting what Eve turned down. John chapter 1 and verse 1. He came unto his own, 
and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt amongst us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and of truth. And flip down to verse 40 there. And one of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus, and when, he, and when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah, thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of the sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister, and sat down, and the eyes of all of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. May God bless his word. He may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I think it's amazing. I think it's an amazing thing as we're reading here and we look back 2000 years ago that Jesus comes and he takes the, he takes the scroll and he begins to read over as we would identify it as Isaiah chapter 61. And he begins to read that portion of scripture as the book was delivered to him. And the Bible said that he closed the book and sat down. But today we recognize that we're living in an hour that he's opened the book. And he has said that this day is a scripture fulfilled. And today we recognize that we are the most blessed people beyond, beyond our own human compensation to be able to, to understand exactly how blessed that we are to think that we're sitting right here in the greatest anointing that's ever struck the land or struck the people of God and here we are we're we're watching the the more the mighty move of God as it's moving through his people as he's as he's drawing a body together you're watching the anointing of the Lord as he's beginning to move through the message of the hour of Malachi 4 and he begins to move across the living God and uh, the church of the living God and he begins to draw them unto himself and and we recognize that 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 the accepting it means to the consent to receive it's to receive willing it's to give an affirmative answer to offer or proposal or to say yes to. And when, when you watch as a young couple as they're, as they're working or they're walking down the aisle and they're standing there and they're, they're making their proposal and they're making their, they're making their vows to one another and they, they declare that I will go with you, I will be with you, your people will be my people, your God will be my God. And they say, I, I do. At the very end when the, when the preacher's standing there and he's asking, you see, 
see what is he doing. He's asking this man, will she accept this, accept this man to be her woman or the wife to be the man or the wife to be the husband and vice versa. She's standing there and she is accepting him as her head. And when that, when that wife is standing there, she is accepting him as her headship. And this body in this generation has allowed the Lord Jesus Christ to be her headship. She's not allowed Rome to be her headship. She's not allowed the church world. She's not, she's not allowed anybody but our Lord Jesus Christ to be her headship. And you go to studying out over in Jewish traditions when you go to studying out when they have a, a wedding ceremony there in the eastern countries that there as the, as the groom and the bride are standing before one another that they're standing there and she's got the veil over her face and she lifts the veil. The bridegroom lifts the veil and he places it upon his shoulder showing that he is taking complete ownership of her. And our Lord Jesus Christ has come in this generation and he's taken complete control of this body. And there's not one thing out of place in the body of Jesus Christ. This is not a bejeweled corpse. This is, this is a, not a freak body. But this is the body of the Lord Jesus Christ that is anointed by the same anointing that was there 2,000 years ago. It is the same anointing that was on, it was on Moses. It's the same anointing that was there on Jonah. It's the same anointing that is here in this building tonight is the same one that was back there in the very beginning that rolled the worlds off of his fingertips and he said let there be there's an anointing in this room tonight maybe you don't see it or maybe you don't feel it right now but there's an anointing here that'll drive out every cancer cell that'll drive out every disease it'll drive out every creed or dogma idea that you have there's an anointing amongst the body of Jesus Christ that every devil in hell is scared of tonight and that's why the devil shook up tonight is because there's an anointing here that would defeat him anytime, any place, under any circumstance. I'm not shook up and I'm not scared what the devil may do to you because there's an anointing that is here. I'll let you have it. Now you know, if you're very familiar with the message, and I believe... I believe that you are. You know exactly where I'm drawing this thought from tonight. From Christ, the mystery God revealed. And Brother Branham said that in there, there would be a time come forth when he would express himself in the fullness of a Godhead deity through his church and have the preeminence in this church, oh my. What the anointed man, now the anointed people, oh my, to bring back the anointed bride and bridegroom anointed by why? By accepting what Eve turned down coming back with the anointing of the word because he said, my word is spirit. See, anointed with the word, what Eve turned down, he comes back and we accept. And we recognize that where we are standing at as a church of the living God, it's the greatest day where we recognize that there's an extremely strong angel that has stood up in this day. And you go to reading Revelations chapter 10, you find that there John represented you as the body of Jesus Christ. And the angel said unto him, go and eat the book, John. Don't just eat half of it, but eat the book and you're recognizing that there is an anointing, there's an angel that is here, that is standing here tonight, and he's watching over every single movement that is going on. Now, we know that the Bible said in 2 Timothy and 3 and 16 that all scripture is given by the inspiration of God, and it's profitable for doctrine, reproof, and correction, and instruction, and we recognize that, that the, the inspiration of the Lord would move out across, across his, his gene seed of God, as we could call it 
that way. He would move out across the prophets and those prophets would go in the Old Testament and you would watch them as the prophecy would come forth. They were moved by the Holy Ghost to bring forth the word in that hour and they recognized it was the same Holy Ghost that was coming to pass in all of their lives. And you watch, there's one thing that the elects always is watching for. The bride of Jesus Christ or the, the anointed is always looking for. It's the fulfillment of what their prophets had said. Is that right? You're watching for the identification of his presence when it comes behind the word that has been spoken when a prophet has stayed with the word. And then that prophet's credentials is that he stayed with the word. And you'll find that there in this hour there is a whole gang of people, a whole body move of people that has stayed with the word. And I have to say that that we as the body of Jesus Christ, we are the credentials. We are standing toe to toe with the devil himself because we've stayed with the word I believe that everything brother Branham said he said I believe that Jesus of Nazareth fulfilled every description that all the prophets spoke of to be the Messiah you see when Jesus came in flesh he fully accepted his role as the Messiah because he knew who he was He never went around denying that he was a son of God. He never went around denying that he was the Messiah, but he went around and he clearly put a voice with the word and said, I am he. He knew who he was and he accepted his position. He didn't hang his head down when the enemy or when the people called him Beelzebub. He accepted his position and he walked fully into it. When he was standing out there with a woman at the well in John chapter 4, she said, I know that when Messiah's come, he will tell us of all of these things. And he clearly identified who he was when he was speaking to a prostitute. When there was a lot of people thought he should have been talking to them, he was out there having a conversation with a prostitute, somebody that was a nobody, somebody that should have never been in the picture. But the Messiah was out there having a picture or having a conversation with a woman of ill fame, somebody that never should have been in the message somebody that should have never been in the message church somebody that never should have been at the well with the Messiah but he was up there identifying who he was to a prostitute and there's a lot of people that thought that you should have never been identified with this message there's a lot of people that said you should have never been identified with the Messiah but you have been anointed by accepting who you are there is something on the inside of this body that has moved you to accept that this is your liberty This is your message. I'm sick and tired of people saying it's just William Branham's message. This is my message. This is our young people's message. It will be this message that'll take this body right on to the coming of the Lord. He knew who he was. He accepted who he was. You remember when Brother Branham is preaching on the testimony at the sea and he's out there and he's got the disciples and he's he's laying out a drama and he's laying it out and there's John up there and he said, I'm fully satisfied that this was the Messiah. And there Peter and James and they're going through there and they're having a testimony. They're having a testimony about, about the actions of the Messiah. He said, now my daddy taught me these things. We've looked at the scripture and they've taught us these things. He said, I'm fully satisfied that he is, he is exactly like the Jehovah that was back there in the creation. And they were sitting there and they were talking about when he fed the 5,000. And he starts breaking the bread off. 
He starts breaking it off, and there's another place put in position. There's another, there's another, there's another piece of bread that went back in the same spot. He broke it, and it was multiplied. He broke it, and it was multiplied. And it looked like Satan was going to take you down, but God put somebody put somebody with something on the inside of them that could go all the way through Laodicea and make it and they were having a conversation and while Jesus is back there in the boat and he's, and he's back there sleeping and they're having a testimony and they looked out there and they said Brother Branham said that they, this one had the habits of Jehovah He's got the habits of Jehovah. He acts like Jehovah. He thinks like Jehovah. He must be Jehovah. And you look at this body today. She's got the same habits. She's got the same habits. It ain't just Malachi 4. It's the body of Jesus Christ. She's got the habits of Jehovah. It ain't just for Hattie Wright. It ain't just for me to Branham. It's for the church of the living God. Hattie Wright said, how can those things be? She wasn't questioning it. She was asking, how can I do this? Oh, somebody, there's a body of believers that's anointed by accepting. William Branham knew that you'd fulfill this portion. Coming back with the anointing of the word because he said, my word is spirit. She anointed with the word. When Eve turned down, he comes back and we accept. Now you go to studying out throughout the Old Testament and you go to looking at the anointing. You go to look at there. When they set up altars, they would pour out the anointing oil upon the rocks and they would pour it out on pillars. They would set up altars and they pour out the anointing oil upon stumps and upon rocks. And when Moses is back there in Leviticus, Leviticus chapter 8, He's up there and he's, he's laying out the Levitical priesthood, how everything is supposed to be set up. He's laying all of these things out there and he anoints the vessels in the tabernacle. He anoints Aaron and his sons. And you recognize that that priest, when he'd walk into the presence of Jehovah, he would have to walk in there completely dressed right. He had to, ha- he had to have the anointing on him. He had to have the sacrifice, the blood upon him. He had the, he had the bells and the pomegranates that were around his robe and they were going up there and they were singing holy 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 unto the Lord you see all of this was done to ring out a praise unto the great Jehovah and you watch as Moses is up there he goes in there and he anoints the vessels he sprinkles the, he sprinkles the anointing oil upon all of the vessels up there he goes in there and anoints them to be to sanctify and you watch that there are prophets that are anointed there are kings. I don't know if you're very familiar with these things. That's why I'm preaching it to you. And you, you, you understand that kings were anointed. That kings were set up. They were anointed. And when, just like when you would watch in, in, the, in the book of Samuel that you would watch that God would anoint Saul to be king. He would take the horn of oil and he would pour the oil, which was a type of the Holy Ghost. He would pour it over Saul. You watch what Saul did. He couldn't live right. 
He, he couldn't live right. He, he got out there. He backslid, but he wasn't lost. He backslid, but the anointing was upon him, and David knew that he wasn't going to touch him. He said, I'm not going to touch the Lord's anointed. But you watch when, when Samuel goes out there, and he finds, and the God says, I am anointing another king. And Samuel goes out there in his prophet robes, and he walks out there, and he's looking for David. But you see, Jesse was looking, was looking on the natural side of things. And there come out all of Jesse's sons, and they're stacked out there in front of the prophet. And they're stacked out there. Some are bigger than stature. Some are greater than knowledge. Some got a great intellectual DD. They've got PhDs. They've got LLDs. They've got all these things. But I'm reminded what a prophet said a DD is. It's a dumb dog. And they stacked up there. And they walked out in front of the prophet. And the prophet said, no, these are not the ones. You see, there might be people that are bigger than you. There might be people that, that look better than you. There might be people that are stronger than you. There might be people that have more intellect, more wisdom, more knowledge than you. But there is a major difference between talent and anointing. There's a lot of people that can speak better than myself. There's a lot of people that can talk better than these bunch of hillbillies that you got preaching to you this weekend. But God doesn't want somebody that's got a bunch of intellect and a bunch of knowledge standing before his body. He wants somebody that's got anointing. There's a major difference between a singer and a real worship leader. There's a great major difference between an anointed piano player and somebody that knows all of the keys and all the diaphragms of how it's built and all of these things. God ain't want somebody that's full of knowledge. He's wanting somebody that's emptied out so that he could pour himself in there and he could shake the world with them. There's a lot of people that have a better ability to be able to be an orator before the people. But they have no unction of the Holy Ghost. They have no power and they have no anointing. The Bible said in Ecclesiastes chapter 9, I believe, he said it's a living dog. A living dog is better than a dead lion. You see, I'd rather have somebody that's maybe the poorest, poorest preacher, but yet he's fully anointed by God than to have some intellectual giant that thinks he knows everything about the message to stand up and try to give us some great speech of what he thinks the message is. I want some Somebody that's got the faith, that's got the faith to move mountains. I want somebody that's got the power to believe that all things are possible. I want somebody that's got some anointing on the inside of them that believes that there's a God that is here at the pulpit that can do exceedingly, abundantly above all that you could ever ask or think. I want somebody that knows how to get a hold of God. I want somebody that believes in Malachi 4. I want somebody that believes in Revelation 10. I want somebody. We don't want talent, we want an anointing. We want an anointing that'll break the yoke off of our young girls. We want an anointing that'll break suicide. We want an anointing. We want an anointing that'll break depression. We want an anointing that'll break, that'll break homosexuality. And that anointing is in this room. And it's in this body. And hell is shook up because you're here. Hell, you better be nervous because we have come to tear your sake, tear your kingdom down. You better, you got every right to be nervous. You got every right to be excited because we're not backing off of one of God's blood's brown promises. 
was a type of the life of the Holy Ghost that has come upon the believer. You see, when they would, those Hebrews back there, when they, when they watched the anointing oil be poured over top of David, they believed that David had the mind of Christ. You watch when, when what the Bible tells us in James chapter 5. To, if there's any sick amongst you, let them call upon the elders of the church and anoint them with oil and pray the prayer of faith over them and it shall save the sick. Psalms 28 and 8 says that the Lord is their strength and he is the saving strength of his anointed. Psalms 45 and 7, thou lovest righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore God, thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. Psalms 92 and 10 says, but mine horn shall thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn and I shall be anointed with the fresh oil. Now watch what, it, what the, tra- the Passion Translation says. Your anointing has made me strong and mighty. You've empowered my life for triumph by pouring fresh oil over me. You have made, your anointing has made me strong and mighty. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 1 and 21, now he which established us with you in Christ have anointed us is God. It's not the man here at the pulpit. It is the anointing of Almighty God that has anointed us. If any of us preachers had the ability to make you called or make you elect, we'd have done did it. We'd have done went down to Walmart and anointed every single body there. We'd have made made them all bride of Jesus Christ. But there is a gene seed of God that has allowed you to be who you are. You see, it wasn't just the oil that was poured over top of David that made him the made him the anointed. You could take that same oil and pour it on the top on the top of all of Jesse's sons, but it never would have made them the anointed of God because God had already seen that David's heart was pure before him. He had the heart after God. What was it? David was quick to repent. And I find that is the hardest thing for believers to do sometimes is to repent and say, I'm sorry. It ain't gonna hurt you. He won't kill you. He won't hurt you. Just say, look, I've been wrong about some things. I'm sorry. I've done some things wrong. You know, we won't think no lesser of you if you repent and think you're not anointed. We're gonna know you're anointed because you repented. We're going to know you're anointed because you come after the heart of God. Notice what John 3 and 27 that John answered and said, a man can receive nothing except to be given him from heaven. Now, you know, you remember when Brother Branham is he's there and he, he has this dream. He has this dream about this man, this, this great big burly man that is beating this woman. And Brother Branham thought that it was his mama at first. He, he was this big, great big burly man was beating this woman with a three-cornered club. And every time, every time it looked like she'd rise up, that man would go to beat her down with that three-cornered club. And Brother Branham said, I was, I was scared of that man at first. He said, I was scared of that man at first. He said, but all of a sudden, I reached up there and I grabbed him by the collar and said, you stop that or you're going to have to deal with me. You see, what, he, what it was is that woman was the churches of the world. 
And if that man, that man was the denominations that was trying to rule the church and he was taking her and he was beating her with that three-corner club of Trinitarian baptism in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And every single time she'd rise up to accept the truth, he'd go to beat her down. Go beat her down with, 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 his, with his doctrine and with his idea. You see, that's what Satan will do to you every single time you come to accept the truth and accept what's right and accept this anointing. He will try to beat you down with circumstances and beat you down with problems and beat you down with cancer and beat you down with troubles and beat you down with fights between one another and beat you down with idiosyncrasies and all of these things. But you see, if Satan can keep you afraid of your inheritance, that's where he's got you at. But I don't believe that you're a bunch of wimpy Christians that just easy roll over when the pastor don't talk to you. I happen to believe that you're the strongest body, the most powerful body that there ever has been upon the face of the earth. And you're going to turn down Satan's lie. You're going to turn down his lie. You're going to turn down what he said about you. You're going to turn down what he said and you're going to accept what God has said about you. pastor brother Tim has been a very special friend to our family he's been there he's been there through the thick and the thin and I thank God for the man Tim Pruitt anybody else let me tell you if you're dying and you've been burned up and laying in a coma for 17 days you, you might want to have Tim Pruitt come by your way. Well, Tim's been a friend in good times and he's been a friend in bad times. And when I was going through the greatest trial of my ministry, when my ministry was under attack because Satan loves to attack the ministry like never before. What is he after? He's after your anointing, Samson. You see, if he can get you to lay your head over and lay out to see his lap, he'll take your anointing away from you. But it's time that you shake yourself. He's after your anointing. And when I was in my greatest trial, preachers don't have those, that's what some people think. Brother Tim sent me this. When you are gifted and anointed, Satan will personally assign someone to bring you down just so your gift and anointing won't manifest. But the enemy cannot kill what God has anointed to live. He cannot stop who God has chosen to prosper. And he cannot block what God is called to manifest. If you are gifted and you are anointed, Satan has somebody that is after your anointing. But there is a power in the house of God to shut down every blockade of hell. You're not going to stop the anointing. We're just going to let it operate more. You can try to shut down the move of God. You can try to shut down our power. But God has called it to manifest. Let the sons of God begin to operate in their anointing. The Bible said in Psalms 105 and 15, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. 
It's a dangerous thing when you go to touching the anointed of the Lord. And I ain't just talking about preachers. I'm talking about you. Satan has messed up when he's come by your way, Brother Lemuel. And he decides that he's going to touch you and hinder you and try to stop the move of God in your life. Hell has messed up and he's picked on the wrong set of preachers. Because we're not backing off and we're not backing up. We believe he's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. Try to stop our anointing. Try to stop our gift. Try to stop our preaching. We're just going to rise up that much stronger. We're going to rise up that much more powerful. It's dangerous when you go to touching the Lord's anointed. Satan, be careful. Is this all right? I hope it's okay, Brother Tim. When Brother Branham, when Brother Branham, he goes to preach in the seals. And he starts taking us through the greatest, the greatest releasal of the ministry that we've ever seen. And he starts taking us through these things. And Brother Branham said that every single time that the Antichrist would send out one of his riders, that the, that, that, that the, that the Antichrist would send out one of his riders, that God would send out a power or an anointing to combat, to combat that power. And watch what Brother Branham says here in the fifth seal. He said when that Antichrist was riding with his false teaching, God sent his teaching out there, the word, the lion of the tribe of Judah, which is the word made manifest in the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is there to manifest himself with which is the word. He said that's the reason that the early church had healings and miracles and visions and power is because it was the living word in the form of the lion of the tribe of Judah riding out there to combat that, amen. Now you got it. He sends his power, the Antichrist, and God sends his word. So the enemy comes in like a flood, but God raises up a standard. Now what is it? You're not living in the Lion Age. You're not living under that anointing. But you are living under the Flying Eagle anointing. What was that anointing? It was Malachi 4 to restore the faith back to the faith of the Pentecostal fathers. And you're not just sitting here still on the ground like a bunch of chickens. You have rose up under the Flying Eagle anointing and you are under the dominion of the Anointed One. To restore back to the faith of the Pentecostal fathers. That's what this message does. It does not leave you where it found you. It takes you higher. What is it? We are under a divine order to carry out the commission of this age. When Paul was standing there, when Paul was standing there, and he's coming up into a, he's coming up into a certain city, and he can't find nobody up there. He can't find nobody up there that's preaching, that's preaching divine healing. All of them had done become a bunch of denominationalists, but there he found one by the name of Timothy that was up there holding a healing campaign. And Brother Random said he had such an atmosphere about him that there was lives that was being changed, there was miracles that were being done, and that word in the church today. Day will create the same type of atmosphere. You see what's happening is that Satan is upset about the atmosphere that's going on in here. He gets upset because there's an anointing here that'll make you speak in another language. There's an anointing here that'll make you dance and it'll make you shout. There's an anointing here that'll make you catch who you are in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
I'm going to drive some things if that's all right with you just for a moment. Now, Brother Branham will tell us in, in a God called man, he said, there's a lot of people that misunderstand what the anointing is. He said, they get there, he said, and they think that the anointing is that of emotions, of jumping and shouting. He said, that is joy. He said, but it's not an, it's not an, it's not anointing. And then he would go over there and why people are so tossed about. He said, he said, now emotions, he said, emotions is not the anointing. He said, anointing is supreme power under control. He said, now when was the greatest anointing on earth ever? He said, was in our Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, he went up there and he grabbed Isaiah 61 and he took the book and he said, this day, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. And he sat back down. He said, now we would want to run and jump and run all over the building. He said, but that is not it. He he said, it is the supreme power under control. Now, I know the devil likes to think that, that just because we preach that quote that he can push us in some corner. The reason why we jump, the reason why we shout, the reason why we believe, the reason why we accept is because there is an anointing here. These young people have been taught under this message. They've sat here under the greatest ministry and they're not just excited. There's an anointing that is upon the body. It's the same inspiration that was back there in the Garden of Eden and Adam was standing there and he was calling such and such by their names because it is an anointing. And there's an anointing here to call out every black shadow. There's an anointing here to call out every disease. There's an anointing here that will break the yoke upon your life. That's what the Bible tells us in Isaiah 10 and 27, that, 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 that there will be a burden that will be taken away from you, and it is the anointing that breaks the yoke off of your life. Now, Satan wants to keep you under the yoke of the enemy, but there's an anointing to break every stronghold that is stacked up against you. I don't know why we're here, but we're here. But Satan wants to keep you from accepting your liberty in the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants to keep you from accepting that it's, it's for every person in the building. He wants to make you think it's for a day gone by. But he is Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the bride of Jesus Christ, she is not just some push-off. She's not just some schoolgirl. She knows exactly who she is. She knows exactly where she came from. And yes, she's a paradox. Yes, it's incredible, but it's true. But there is a faith in the body of Jesus Christ to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ever ask or think according to the power that works on the inside of this body. If Joshua was anointed, you're anointed. If Moses was anointed, you're anointed. If he could ask, if God could call angels from heaven and say, God, you, you Gabriel, go down there and you watch over Moses as he's going down the Nile River and you keep him from those crocodiles. What was it? He was watching over God's anointed. You recognize that there's an angel that is overcharged over top of every single one of you here tonight? Now you may not see it, but I feel the influence of them here right now. 
And I, I believe that there are angels that are at their post of duty. You remember when Jacob is up there and the Bible said in Genesis that there was angels that was descending and ascending upon that ladder. Brother Branham said that God's got angels that are at their post of door, post of duty and they're watching over your life to make sure you get everything you have need of out of this meeting. Give my angel just a little bit of room. Let him operate right here. Let him operate right here. What did Eve turn down? She turned down the rights to the tree of life. She turned down the word. She turned down supreme power. She, she, she turned down. She, she turned down Adam being able to move mountains for her. She turned down the ability to move cancer cells. Who in here has fought cancer before? Who in here has fought a bad headache before? I finally got you to raise your hand. Who in here has fought bad, bad backaches before? She was turning down the right, turning down the right to control the atmospheres, Brother Matthew. Think to turn down the rights to the tree of life, but you're anointed by accepting it. You're anointed by saying, I, I accept that mountains can be moved. I accept that squirrels can be created. I accept that tumors can dissolve. I accept that cancer and brain bleeds can be broke up. I accept that particles can come back home. I accept that mountains can be moved. I accept that storms can be controlled. I accept that death can be rolled back. I accept that I can go in a rapture. I accept him as my savior. I accept him as my deliverer. I accept him as my protector. I accept him that he's gonna make me who I'm supposed to be. You're anointed by accepting what Eve turned down. But what about the rest of the world? They're anointed by rejecting it, but you're anointed by accepting it. We will not turn our backs on you, Lord. Where would we go? For you only have the words of life. My words are spirit and they are life. Do you think, do you think I would turn down the rights to break every cancer cell in my dad's body right now? Do you think I would turn down the rights to accept complete healing for Sister Ruth? Do you think I would turn down the rights? To set men free from every chain of DNA complexes that's been built up in their life. Why in our right mind would we turn down the anointing when we would turn down, when men would push us aside, when men would say we're not good enough? Why would we turn down the rights to the tree of life? But the Bible said in the book of Revelation, I have given you rights as an overcomer to the tree of life. And if God gives you something, God ain't taking it away. Joshua was anointed to go into the promised land and you're anointed to accept the opening of the seven seals. You're not holding a closed book. You're holding the greatest anointing. 
That's why hell is so upset. It's because you are an open book people. Joshua under that commission, he crossed the the Jordan River. He took down Jericho. He saved Rahab. He conquered the land. He stopped the sun because he was anointed. He was anointed to take the land. And there's a bunch of squatters that's trying to keep you off of your promised land. He's trying to keep you from the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He's trying to keep you from your breakthrough. He's trying to keep you from your repentance. He's trying to keep you from being baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But there's an anointing here that'll make sure that you get what you came for. You see, they came up against this prodigal, or they, excuse me, they came up against these promises. They came up against these promises with rumors and negativity that surely this can't be the move of God. Surely this can't be the anointing. If it really was the anointing, God would have chose me to do it. God would have chose this one to do it. No, God has his way of choosing who he wants leading and dividing the words of truth. What did he do? He come in there with rumors and negativity and tried to keep Joshua and Caleb out of their promised land. What was he doing? What was he afraid of? He was afraid that if Joshua ever got in, he'd never get him out. Let me tell you, he is so scared that you'll get the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He's so scared that you'll accept this as your faith. He's so scared that if you get in, he'll never get you out. It's too late. We've accepted the truth. We've accepted our breakthrough. It's too late. We've turned down the devil's life. It's too late. We're already here. It's too late. The rapture's in us. It's too late. It is too late, devil. We're not backing off. He's tried to keep you from the anointing. He's tried to keep you from worship. But God said, let go and let God. Let go and let God. Brother Branham's which I heard him say today, he said, some of you are afraid to let go and let God. Just give him your habits. Give him your ideas. Give him your thoughts. Let go and let God. You say, well, I don't know how to let God. I don't know how to let go and let God. Brother Branham said, yes, you do. Yes, you do. Let go. I don't know how to break free. Yes, you do. I don't know how to worship. Yes, you do. I don't know how to break through. Yes, you do. Whom the Son is set free is free indeed. If he lets you free, he ain't locking you up. God's the kind of God, he can get you in and he can get you out. If Satan got you into trouble, God will get you out. If Satan put cancer on you, God will get it out. Your mom and daddy can be worried. And they can worry about you all your life. But one time with the anointing. One time. I have found the Messiah. I have found the Messiah. I have found him. He's right here. I have found him. He told me who I was. He told me by my name. He told me where I came from. And he told me where I'm going. I'm not scared about these young boys. I know that if they can accept this anointing here. 
I don't know why, but we're here. If they can accept this anointing, there is no stronghold that the devil can put on them because there is a weapon that is here to cast down every stronghold and every power of hell. Don't you try to take away their breakthrough. Don't you try to take away their joy. Don't you try to take away their dance. Don't you try to take away their shouts. Don't you try to take it away. If you're taking it away, you're taking away their breakthrough. You're taking away their anointing. You're taking away their rapture. I'm not going to take away. I'm going to give them exactly what they need. Let's give them a message. Diet, feed fully on the Son of Man. through me everything hell offered me everything it wanted it threw money at me I won't tell you everything because I ain't expecting you to tell me everything thank you thank you but hell will offer you all kinds of things it'll offer you sin it'll offer you a bottle but it won't show you the man laying down there in the gutter. It won't, it'll offer, hell will offer you a cigarette, young boy. But he won't, he won't show you that man laying there in the hospital. Satan's offer seems real nice. It seems real pleasing. I got offered major baseball league money to do the same thing I do every single day. Satan knows how to offer you things. It seems real enticing. I could do the same thing I do every single day and make major league baseball money. Satan says, oh, I'm sure I got it. But you're worth it. I'd have had to give up coming preaching these meetings. I'd have give up time on my family. I'd have had to give up time in my church. I'd have had to give up. I'd have had to give up my life to accept what Satan's offer was. But I was anointed to turn down. Because one of these young boys and one of these young girls is worth every bit of energy that I can pour in. No, I ain't delicate in speech, but there's an anointing here tonight that'll tell you, turn down the devil's lie. You're not a homosexual. You're not gonna commit suicide. You're not gonna go the way of Korah. You're gonna rise to accept the anointing of the Lord. It's the rapture for this body. What's in your hand, little body? It's the word of Jesus Christ. Take it and cut Satan's head off. Somebody's going to be anointed. Somebody's going to be anointed to look out there upon that Goliath and say, not today. There's going to be somebody that walks out there, a little boy and a little girl, and says, I accept this message. 
I heard Brother Branham say the other day, he said the rest of those Israelites believed it could be done. He said, but it was revealed to David that it could be done. The reason why you're here is because it's been revealed to you that you are the most powerful people on the face of the earth. I'll say cancer ain't got a chance standing in front of this body. Brother Andrew, you don't know what you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know my family. You don't know the darkness that's followed me. That's tried to take my memory. This is for you, because this is completely off the script. Let me tell you, I love it when the author flips the script. You ever been reading a book and it's going one way and man, you got this thing figured out. You got this thing figured out and you get to the back of the book and man, that went completely different than I expected. Well, Satan's looking. Satan's looking at a bunch of lives that the author flipped the script on. It ain't just about this sermon tonight being flipped on me. It's because the author is flipping the script in your life and you thought it was going one way when your memory was tainted with all kinds of circumstances, things that your mama said about you, things that your daddy said about you, things that the world said about you, but you're anointed. Churches may have hurt you. Churches may have scarred you. Preachers may have hurt you. Let him flip the script tonight. You're not going to go down defeated. You're going to rise up victorious as the body of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Flip the script tonight, Lord. Change their ways. Change their ideas. Let the anointing come and break every yoke in here. No. You're not like the first Eve in the beginning. She listened to the devil's lies, but you're predestinated not to do it. You're not gonna fail. You're not gonna be defeated. You're gonna win. Soldier boy, soldier boy, you'll not commit suicide. What happened? The flip got script. The script got flipped. You were walking one way and God turned the page on you. You thought you were hell bent and you thought you were hell bound, but God flipped the script. Satan thought she had you with bondage. Satan thought she had you with alcohol. Satan thought he had you with pornography. But God said, not today. Flip the script. The blood is more powerful. Satan's power is not enough to break the power of this blood. This blood is all powerful. This blood is Jesus Christ. And you have the pardoning power on the inside of you. That's why Brother Random said, she'll be a token to the whole world. 
There's been churches, churches, brides, brides, but there must come one that's both mechanics and dynamics. Let me tell you, we've had enough intellectualism rise up in this message and it's never produced one victory. You can know every quote and you can be a Jack Van Impey of this message and you can know it from 1947 all the way to 65. But where you stop, I continue. Because the anointing that was on William Branham is on this body. There's an angel in this room. There might be dark streaks in your family history, but there's a light that is here to break it. Don't touch mine anointed. Satan will never win over you. He thought it could keep you from complete victory, but it'll never win. The anointing tried and tried and tried. But when he got you where he wanted you, it broke. It made you think it was just for your daddy. But the anointing's for you. He'll keep you children. If he can have a prostitute sitting at a well with him. That would drop her water pipe. It would make her run back to the men that she'd been with before. And said, I have found him. I have found him. I have found him. And you have run from well to well. You have run from church to church. But the Messiah is sitting at your well. You're not going back the same way you came in here. The anointing is not going to leave you. He's not going to leave you sick. He's not going to leave you bound. He's not going to leave you battling. The anointing is stronger than every disease. The anointing will follow you home. The anointing will break it. Well, I'm going to do everything to stop it. You can't stop this move. You can't stop this anointing. You can't stop this body. She says, God saith the Lord. Or she sits still. What's the harmony in this body? She knows what he wants done with the word. She speaks his word by his command. What is it? It's the sovereignty of God. You don't need squirrels tonight. You don't need a snowstorm 
rolled out. But you need that third poor anointing to come in your family and to fill you like never before. You need that third poor anointing to go in there and cut Goliath's head off. Things that's kept you from your breakthrough. Things that's kept you from being free in this service. Things that's held you bound. Little things that's been laying there. Satan can't hide under this anointing. Because it breaks the yoke. Jesus was anointed over the supernatural and he cast out devils. He was anointed and had power over death. Had power over the thing that was holding Lazarus and Jairus. He had power over the natural world and he spoke peace be still. And he is your savior. He is your savior. He will save you from yourself when you can't keep you from yourself. You're the biggest mess in the room. You're the biggest mess in this room and you think he can't get to you. All I want's a crumb. All I want's a crumb for my family. He's here. Why don't you let him save you from yourself? I'm going to live on my own world because there's an anointing that says I got the faith to create a new world and go live on it. If you follow the way you're going, you got tribulation on your road. But if you'll follow this anointing, can I prophesy to you? Tonight will be the last night that you deal with those things if you come to this anointing. If he found me on a street, surely he can find you in a pew. I'm gonna play tapes the rest of my life and I'm gonna live out there and I'm gonna listen to the true one. That might work for you, but it won't work for your children. It's time to come to the well. Every head bow. Brother Andrew, you've been talking to me. I've sat at a well with him for the last hour and he's called me by my name. Then he's telling you, You can drop where you are and you can go live under the anointing. Won't you make your way here to this altar?
You're anointed by accepting him as your healer, as your savior. And Jesus would stand there and say, thy faith has saved thee. One atonement for your healing and for your soul. Why don't you let your faith loose? You say, well, I don't know how to. Yes, you do. Why don't you let go of yesterday? And why don't you let go of yourself? And why don't you let God? Let the anointing that is in here break the sin off of your life. Why don't you accept him and be anointed for rapture? Father, we're your children. And we've watched you, Father. Lord, work through this place tonight. Where men have fought their own DNA patterns and fought lies and things that have built up, Satan's built up. But there's an anointing here. To break every lie. To break every circumstance. And to release the power of Almighty God. We say, well, I don't know how to, Brother Andrew. Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me of my wrongdoings. Forgive me for accepting my ways and rejecting yours. Father, lead me to the well. Lead me to the fountain that is greater than myself. And let me bring you a fresh drink of Pentecostal water. Father, you see these souls. You see everyone. I pray you take control in the name of Jesus. Amen.
praise the name of the Lord. Aren't you glad he said it? Hallelujah. And if he said it, he has the means to back it up. Hallelujah. There are some things
weekend of meetings. Amen. And uh, amen. If this is a start, what's it going to be like? Because you know how these things do. You think every service, you think I can't get no better than this. Well, just come back to the next one. You'll find out. Amen. It's just the way God operates. He always, there's, he never runs out. We ought to know that by now. He never runs out. He always comes on right on time for every situation, for every moment. Amen. We need those, uh, the choir that's singing shall not want to meet directly right after service in the chapel. If you can do that for me and the musicians as well. Amen. We just want to go in the fear of the Lord today. Tomorrow night again at 7 o'clock. Amen. How many is going to come expecting and believe it? Lord, I want more. Come back with my cup back up again. Ask the Lord to do that for us. Amen. Let's sing this song before we go. Years I spent in vanity and pride. God's 